Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include mortgage company earnings, my interview with Simple Nexus, JR Neja on closing technology initiatives, standardization, and digital transformation impacting the industry, and the latest consumer price index. Will mortgage applications drift down and industry headcounts go down and towns on Maui, like Lahaina, unfortunately, burn down? Here's something that isn't going down. Credit card debt. Talk to any underwriter or loan officer, and they will tell you that loans have become more difficult, in part because of borrower debt loads. And sure enough, credit card balances hit $1.03 trillion in the second quarter. And it ain't going down. The number is up 4.6% from $986 billion in the preceding three-month period. Last week, we learned that Rocket Companies, which, as the name implies, contains several companies, generated total revenue net of $1.236 billion and net income of $139 million. Focusing on mortgage banking, Rocket Mortgage generated $22 billion in mortgage origination closed loan volume, with a gain on sale margin of 2.67%. Rocket gained purchase market share in the quarter, both year-over-year and quarter-over-quarter. Servicing book on paid principal balance, which includes sub-service loans, was $504 billion on June 30, 2023. As of June 30, 2023, servicing portfolio includes 2.4 million loans serviced. Portfolio generates approximately $1.4 billion of recurring servicing fee income on an annualized basis. Yesterday, United Wholesale reported second quarter earnings with origination volume climbing to $31.8 billion, up 43% compared to the first quarter and up 6.4% compared to a year ago. Gain on sale margin compressed to 88 basis points in the second quarter compared to 92 in the first and 99 a year ago. Purchase volume was 88% of total volume. And UWM is guiding for third quarter volume to come in between 26 and $33 billion and gain on sale to range between 75 and 100 basis points. Adjusted earnings per share came in at $0.11, cents, which covers the $0.10 cent dividend. At current levels, the stock has a dividend yield of 6%. Speaking of UWM, spec pools are indeed a thing as certain investors pay up for certain loan attributes that the investor desires. In this case, UWM announced sharper pricing on loans under $200,000, in addition to major enhancements to its Control Your Price program on non-agency jumbo loans. UWM has removed loan size pricing adjustments on loans under $100,000 and will be paying up premiums for market-based pay-ups on 30-year fixed conventional loans $200,000 and below. Today's podcast is brought to you by Simple Nexus an Encino company and award-winning developer of mortgage technology for modern lenders. Nexus Closing delights home buyers with a convenient single sign-on digital experience that makes it possible to close a loan from anywhere. With automatic tax notifications and e-sign capabilities, Nexus Closing helps lenders deliver modern borrower convenience. To learn more about Nexus Closing, visit SimpleNexus.com. Speaking of which, for today's interview, I wanted to welcome to the show Simple Nexus' JR Nasia to talk about closing technology initiatives, standardization, and digital transformation. As VP of eClose Solutions at Simple Nexus, an Encino company, 
Jay works with product, sales, and operations teams to help lenders increase productivity and efficiency with hybrid and fully digital closings that phase out paperwork, compress times to close, and improve the borrower, lender, and settlement agent experience. She has more than 25 years of experience building process and technology solutions for primary and secondary market mortgage operations. So Jay, I'm very happy to have you back on the podcast and your career in the mortgage industry spans 25 plus years. How does this experience impact the current focus of mortgage closing modernization that Simple Nexus and Encino Company is bringing to market? Thanks, Rob. Always great to be talking to you, um, you know, bring highlights and um, trends um, to your audiences. Um, so thank, thank you for having me. Um, I think it's a great time to be in mortgage tech, even though we are in not a very good cycle. I, from just being in mortgage product for so long, the, the good part for me to see is so much more dialogue and mortgage tech actually being recognized as an industry within the industry and products are being viewed as tools for improvements. So after the initial shock everybody have um, had, uh, we are having a lot of very good conversations. And people are asking deep, deep questions about how these products can become tools. So. We're using that to really build upon what was already built. So if you look at it, you know, the industry solved for an immediate need of 2020 by making closing a lot more about B2B to C. But this transformation that we saw that got heightened with 2020 was already well underway before um, that year. And now we've had an opportunity. So on the other side, keeping both of them in mind. Um, right. And going back to solving for some of the original issues that closing tech was looking to solve for. It just didn't have this big of a platform, uh, which is everybody's attention to it. So now we're bringing all stakeholders together in the platforms they need to be in. It could be title. It could be closer. It could be funder. They need to be in the LOS. They need to be in a separate portal. And how can they all interact historically what they might have been doing through Excel spreadsheets or email, stuff like that. And then we're also solving for lender and title to have savings so they can pass down the savings to the borrower. We're very focused on transformation versus change management um, without any compromises. So hopefully, I think what we'll see at the end of, you know, the stages that we've gone through in closing um, will be about making closing truly digital and moving beyond this digitization phase we are in where we took paper, moved it to PDF, 99% of the closing docs. Of course, the e-note has the smart doc. We'll, we'll get to that stage where everything is truly digital and data will move around and not PDF copies. It's pretty cool to see it getting the recognition and the acknowledgement and the attention that it deserves. So. Can you share some of the closing technology initiatives that you're working on? Yeah, so we are continuously working on improving system-to-system -system interactions uh, for through products like you know Enote, Ron, Vault, um, hybrid closings that keep once a loan is gone through clear to close that keep those stakeholders that are going to work on an individual lo individual's loan, including mine, if I was a consumer. Um, keeping that LO closer, shipper, funder, borrower, and an ecosystem that they need to be in at that point in time when me as a borrower is going to close 
sign on those documents, execute. And then also in a period in time, because after I've closed, then there is going to be my closing package is going to, you know, the note's going to take a life of its own. The servicing aspect's going to take a life of its own. And title policy and all is going to take a life of its own, right? So we are allowing and building upon how do all of these interactions work and how do we truly automate? Um, so pre-closing, closing, and post-closing can occur very efficiently for lenders. And then, of course, what tools will we use, right? So we are, of course, making enhancements constantly, allowing for better transactions. Uh, we'll use technologies, um, AI for back-end efficiency, back-office efficiencies, API solutions, um, making redraws more seamless because the one thing we know that redraws happen the most in the industry during the closing time. So <clears throat> we're working through product enhancements, using external tech, um, and moving everything forward. And we haven't lost touch um, with the with the fact that we have to educate parties on how tech can keep improving your life, right? So how can metadata be used to know where the borrower was at what time and when versus the clicks that we are relying on? And that comes as part of using PDFs. So it's it's like I said, it's we're using some of this time to really look towards the future um, for lenders and all stakeholders. I think it's a really exciting time because it's only going to make the borrower experience that much better and actually enjoyable for arguably the first time in the history of the mortgage industry. Uh, I want to talk about you specifically. And last month, you participated in the FHFA's inaugural Velocity Tech Sprint. Can you share some details about the goal of the event and some of the highlights you observed? Yeah. So, you know, as much as closing is a passion on the origination side, you know, homeownership is something I advocate for very heavily. Um, and the goal of this FHFA sprint, their inaugural one, was data digitization to improve access to homeownership. Um, they're obviously very well prepared. The first thing you went there and got there and you just knew that a lot of preparation had gone to it. Um, the teams are really well put together. Uh, the preparation before getting there, the pre preparations when we got there, everything ran very smoothly. So hats off to FHFA, Jason Cave's teams. Um, <clears throat> I saw a lot, actually we were over 75 of us, and data, alternative data, DPA, down payment assistance programs, um, supply, all of these were obviously top of mind for all the different teams. So it was pretty amazing to see that none of the teams overlapped, although if you took each team's solution and you stacked them one on top of the other, you'd really see that we have a really good you know, potential to solve the issues we have. And um, I, I personally, Rob, hope that FHFA makes this an annual process so more individuals can participate. There's definitely more than 75 who were present at this session, um, 75 individuals present here that are very capable of bringing solutions um, to market, surfacing issues. Um, it was a really, really good experience for me. And I think um, we are getting closer and closer to mortgage 2.0 that you alluded to, right? Consumer behavior is one thing, but how do we make even the LO, the closer, um, the you know upfront folks or the back end folks or post closers experiences a lot better potentially for the first time. Um, a couple of years away from it, but I think we're 
closest that I've ever seen it, like you mentioned, in over 25 years. What's the gap that still exists between where we are now and where we will be in a few years? One is the movement of data. Um, Till you don't move data well, until you can't trust the data, this was one of the themes that was highlighted. So it's not just origination or closing, it's in both environments. Till you can't trust the data that you're looking at or the data that's coming from the source, you're not trusting the source, you always have this potential for the human that gets involved to say, I want to safeguard. That's the nature of what the industry has done is create trails of what occurred, right? And we have to get to the point, acknowledge that systems now can do that. You don't have to have a trail. The system has a trail. There are audit trails, there's metadata. So when you start trusting data from the source, we'll start seeing this huge leapfrog um, advancement. So that's one, one data. Two is uh, just a very simple fear of the unknown. So what does this do to what I do on an everyday basis? And I think the failure or, you know, the denial to recognize that all I'll move to is still do the same stuff, but I'll have a risk lens on it, risk management lens versus a process lens on it, because the system will do the process. I have to make sure that I do um, checks and balances, business continuity, uh, you know, say data safety. So you get into this risk management piece. Uh, those are my perspectives, Rob, on what's keeping us behind um, on going fully digital. Very well put. So before I let you out of here, I want to close by asking you, in what ways is broader collaboration around closing technology standardization and digital transformation impacting the industry at the moment? So I think, uh, you know, like I said, if you really look back and the people that were paying attention, if you look back, the stage was set up a long time ago. There's MISMO, there's MERS. And if people just peel off a few layers, go to the bottom of it, these fundamental standardization tools or digital transformation tools exist. MERS system, MERS registry exists, MISMO exists. So I think if mortgage tech providers, users uh, focus the same, put the same amount of focus that they're putting on that up, those upfront solutions and pay attention to what MISMO and MERS are doing, you're going to find that these actually are the long-term stepping stones of mortgage closing 2.0. Um, the standards established are what's allowed for lenders to be able to gain liquidity and sell loans, hold loans, close loans in six to seven days. I've lived through the time where it took me up to 45 days. Um, if I was, you know, just clearing stuff up to sell the loan, that holds up money. So 67 days is a huge, huge advancement. So as e-notes get, you know, more and more uh, used, you're going to see that increased liquidity, but it requires a lot of collaboration between different parties, different testing, um, and then the work that MISMO is putting. So I think uh, we are going to see a true transformation mortgage Closing 2.0 uh, within the next few years, there is a lot of momentum in everybody just accepting, yeah, there are two advantages to this and that everybody can make money, save money, and then pass the money on um, to the end borrowers. These are huge advantages. 
I look forward to having you back on and talking to you more about this as as the process continues to evolve. Uh, thank you very much for your time, Jay. Thanks, Rob. You guys think she knows I'm not Rob? <laughs> A slide in big tech equities yesterday due to President Biden's executive order announcement prohibiting investment in certain Chinese technologies, as well as higher energy prices, helped mortgage-backed security sentiment and further flatten the yield curve, which at this point is to say it increased in inversion. Baird flattening. Fortunately, MBS prices were not very reactive to the initial sell-off in treasuries, which tightened spreads further. Investors squared positions ahead of today's consumer price index inflation data that will help shape the outlook for the Fed's next steps. What was the result of all that noise? The U.S. 10-year note and 30-year bond prices, and along with them MBS, pushed to fresh highs in the afternoon after the completion of the day's solid $38 billion 10-year note offering. Well, five-year notes and shorter tenor prices slipped to fresh lows as the market prepared for July CPI. Some movement was driven by European equities rebounding after Italy walked back Tuesday's windfall tax announcement, saying the tax would be capped at 0.1% of assets. Today brings the CPI report for July as expected. Headline CPI increased 0.2% month over month when it was expected to increase 0.2% month over month compared with 0.2% previously. The core reading, excluding food and energy, was also 0.2% as expected, and 4.7% year-over-year, versus 4.8% previously. Weekly jobless claims have also been released, and at 248,000, higher than expected, with 1.684 million continuing claims. Later today brings a treasury auction of $23 billion of 30-year bonds, and remarks from Atlanta Fed President Bostich and Philadelphia Fed President Harker. We begin the day with agency MBS prices, better by an eighth to a quarter, the 10-year yielding 3.96, after closing yesterday at 4.01%, largely due to that inflation data. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. I went to the pharmacy and asked for the assistant. What's the best thing for killing germs? Ammonia cleaner, she replied. I said, sorry, I thought you worked here. I'm on your cleaner. <laughs> Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Simple Nexus, an NCNO company, developer of mortgage technology, uniting the people, systems, and stages of the mortgage process into one seamless end-to-end solution. Learn more at simplenexus.com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.